thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. How are you guys doing? Are you doing good? Hey, let's uh, let's sing this song, okay, people? Line number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. Yeah. Okay, here we go. The truth be told, the truth is rarely told. Yeah, it is. I say I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, hey, I'm fine, but I'm I'm broken, and when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not, and you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it, when being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know, so let the truth be told. I want to encourage you. Psalm 51, verse 6. Go look it up, okay? There's a sign on the door that says, Come as you are, but I doubt it. Because if we live like that was true, every Sunday morning pew would be crowded. But didn't you say church should look more like a hospital? A safe place for the sick, the sinner and the scarred and the prodigals like me. Well, truth be told, the truth is rarely told. Oh, am I the only one who says I'm fine? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine. But I'm not. I'm broken. And when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not. And you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it. Being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fault, there's no sin you don't already know. So let the truth be told. Can I really stand here unashamed, knowing that you're loved? I remember when I was a kid, 
I used to pretend I was a DJ. <laughs> True story. Yeah, I did. Ah. Anyway, hey everybody, welcome to the show. Glad you're here tonight. I'm just going to go ahead and take a couple minutes here. Tonight, Randall Pandal Bareface is going to open the scripture and he's going to teach something. What? I have no clue because we didn't talk about it. Something about being Jewish, I think. <laughs> sort of, kind of. So, no. Sorry, guys. I kind of. I jumped on here at the last minute. I was taking a nap because I was tired earlier. I was watching some episodes of Monk, and they put me to sleep because that's such a good show. Anyway. It's such a good show if <laughs> put you to sleep. <laughs> There's a non-sequitur there somehow. Well, <clears throat> so I want to... Talk some more. So, uh, um, so Matthew West, you know, he has this song, Truth Be Told, which... Now I we're really, on to a completely different subject. Which I really like that song. I thought I got the first 10 minutes here. All right. I just, okay. <laughs> I was just trying to follow. I thought I was supposed to get the first 10 minutes to, yes, dear. to open up. Oh, gosh. Yes, I dear. So, I look Go so ahead. tired, don't I? I need a haircut, guys. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So I wanted to say a couple things. Since I got a couple minutes left. Um, so the first thing I want to say is thanks for tuning into the show. Glad you're here. Um, you know, look, I know a lot of people are busy on Sunday night and, you know, our numbers on the show tend to be like dismal <laughs> on Sunday night for whatever reason. I, I don't know. But you know what? We're still here. We're going to show up anyway. Um, you know, and I was thinking about it. I was thinking last night I kind of poured my heart out and uh, was pretty vulnerable with, you know, where I'm at and, um, you know, and stuff. And so if you didn't see that show, I want to encourage you to go back and watch it. Because um, I actually got quite a bit of feedback afterwards. After I, after I went off the air, I got all these messages. I was like, wow, I never get messages <laughs> from anybody, usually after the show. So um, uh, apparently God used that broadcast. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, I do want to share with you a couple of things. Um uh, <clears throat> something that we haven't been talking a lot about. We haven't, we haven't been asking for donations to the show, uh, but we could use your help. If you're a regular viewer to what we do and you benefit at all from what we do, um, you know, we would appreciate it if you would pray about donating to the show because um, we're kind of in that spot where, I mean, we no longer have a sponsor, so... Pray about what you would do to help us out. If you feel led, don't feel manipulated or anything. Um, I realize that times are difficult for a lot of people, uh, for most people, in fact. Especially money is a big issue right now. A lot of people are out of work. Randall and I, we are we are both in sales. We're both struggling, to be honest with you. Uh, it's been a tough month for me. Uh, Randall's been having, you know, he's trying to get another job in the pipeline. Um, this I know. God is faithful and he will provide. He does provide, but he provides often through his people. And, um, you know, if there's one thing that I've learned lately, it's that the body of Christ is supposed to be helping one another, you know, and I think sometimes a lot of us, I'm totally guilty of this. It's, it's like you're, <clears throat> you're in a need, 
but you're afraid to ask because you're embarrassed or maybe it's pride, you know, um, you know, and so then you end up doing things on your own. And then in my case, I get resentful, mad, <laughs> irritated and all that. And God's, God's been really working on that with me. Um, it's hard for me to receive. Let's just say it, you know, um, especially when I'm being vulnerable and asking. It's definitely hard. There's, there's a handful of you that donate to us every month. I want to thank you guys for doing that. I totally appreciate it. Um, it's, it's a validation of what we do. That's how I see it. Um, it really is. I mean, it's like we pour our heart and our mind and our soul into what we do. And I don't do it for the money because if I did, I wouldn't be doing it at all. But, um, and that, and that's hard. It's a hard thing. You know, me and a couple of my friends right now, we're, we're trying to figure out, okay, God has called us to a certain job he blesses that. And it's very clear there's fruit. But, you know, I know, know in biblical times, Paul was a tent maker, right? He had to go and make tents. Well, I make a tent in, in, a, in, a different, in different ways. And other people make tents in, in different ways. But frankly, sometimes you can't do it all, right? You can't do it all. So we need, we need you to help us if you can. So the best way you can do that is pray about what God might have you do. And then uh, go over to our website and consider putting in a donation over there. We are a nonprofit, which I've gotten a total flack over, you know. But, hey, God sets up, you know, he, in our government, he, he made ministry a tax shelter. So it's, it's actually wise for us to do that. So, um, you know, so that's one thing. The other thing is Randall is a video maker and creative, and he makes... Um, he, he can make videos and compose music. Uh, he can do a lot of stuff. Um, and so if you happen to know anybody who needs that type of service for a company themselves, then I would actually consider, you know, I would, I want you to consider Randall and what he does. Cause you know, he doesn't just do this. I mean, he, he's, he's great at what he does. I mean, he's multi-talented. It's really crazy. Um, so consider that chapelhillmedia.com is his website. We don't even bring that up most of the time, but you know, you can go there and you can learn more. And then <clears throat> many of you know that I offer legal shield and identity theft protection. Uh, and these things are, uh, I wouldn't sell it if I didn't believe a hundred million percent in the product or the service. Um, cause I can't sell anything I don't believe in. That's the bottom line. Uh, and I've been selling this for a couple of years. I'm, I, God has been so faithful to me to help me meet my performance club goals every month. Uh, so that, you know, and here's how it works. The more I meet my goal, then every month that accumulates, they put you into a, a larger bonus. And frankly, right now in this company, the bonus is really where the money is. It's not, it, it's not in the, the commission that I get, you know, for a sale. I am one sale away <laughs> from hitting my two-year mark, and I have done everything this month that I can think of to reach out to the people that have said they want this service and all the other stuff. So here's what I'm asking. If you know anybody that needs to get their will done, <clears throat> um, or you know anybody who maybe, let's say they recently bought a house, or they have a child, or maybe they need to update their will, 
then Legal Shield is a great product and you can sign up for one month and get it and get that done for $25. If you know somebody who would like to protect their identity online and everywhere, uh, ID Shield is the best on the market. Um, and I can actually take you through a great PowerPoint to show you exactly what it is that we offer. It's, it's the best. We offer full comprehensive restoration uh, and all of that. So there's, there's a ton there. I would love to show that to you. I really do need to hit this goal by the end of the month um, because it will it will probably crush me <laughs> if I don't. Because here's what happened, and, and not that you need to know this, but I will tell you uh, consistently what happens if I don't hit this goal like I have been every month, I actually go back to square one. And basically what that would knock me down from, it would knock me down from, let's say, a $200 dump bonus to a $60 bonus. And that $140 difference is a huge difference. I'm about ready to jump it up and double that. Uh, so, you know, it's it's compared to most people, you know, a couple hundred dollars uh, doesn't probably seem like a whole lot to some people. But in our bank account, it's a lot. It's It's a lot. So if that's something that you think that we can help you with, at least I can give you more information. Let me know. Because I would love to set that up for you and 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 really get you protected because it's a great product. Um, so that's those are those are the two things on my heart that I wanted to share with you. Um, and I don't bring it up a lot because frankly I don't like to bring it up. I hate it. In fact, the money aspect of ministry, I I, I hate it. I hate it with everything in me. And hate is probably too strong a word, but it actually. Um, does. I would I would much rather spend my time just encouraging people in the Lord and in the Word and building them up and encouraging them to move forward than I do the financial aspect of what we do. I don't like it at all. Um, and here's the, here's the other thing uh, too. Um, if you're not a part of my Revelation Bible study, um, you can email me and get on that. If you're not on my text message list, then um, you know, I want to encourage you to join that. You can text Bible News to the number 33222. And these are things I pay for. I mean, I pay for my text message list. I pay for my Vimeo account for my Revelation study. Uh, you know, we have expenses that are incurred because of this. And I don't charge anything for any of this uh, at all. Um, because I don't, I don't, that's not my motivator. But if sales aren't coming in, kind of we need some help. Um then if you can help, that would be, that would be awesome. Cause you would, you would be surprised how far your donations can go with us. Um, so I want to thank you for that in advance. And, um, uh, I want to pray for my husband as he begins to teach now from the word of God. So join me in prayer, would you? Lord, thank you. Uh, father, I thank you for my husband that you gave me so many years ago, decades ago. Lord, he's a great guy, as you know, <laughs> and I love him, and, I, and I'm, I'm so thankful, Lord, that he loves you and your word, and so tonight, I just want to ask that you would bless Randall as he, he opens your word, and he tells us and shows us the truth that you have laid out there for us. Um, I ask that you would prosper him in this, that you would open hearts and ears and minds, and that you would minister to whoever's watching or even watching on the replay, 
later. And um, so I just, just thank you, Lord, for that. And I commit this to you in Jesus' awesome name. The name above all names. Amen. All right, Bearface. All right. The show is yours. And if you want to say hi over there on YouTube or Periscope or something, uh, and you want to let us know, um, you know where you're coming in from, then that would be awesome as well. Yeah, I'll try to keep an eye on that stuff. I don't usually do a good job when I'm, I'm, you know, basically hosting the broadcast because you know I'm not a good multitasker. <laughs> but occasionally I pause and look over on those platforms to see what's going on. So uh, are you gonna stick around? Sure, if please? you want me to. Oh, yeah, well, I was going to say, if you're not, then I can view the the uh, Periscope broadcast to uh, watch those comments as well. Well, there's only two people in Periscope, so. Okay, well, <laughs> and I you just know thought I have to bring that up oh, in a separate. I will, I will tell you that last night, apparently, I will tell you last night, apparently there was people commenting through the whole show. And yeah. I didn't see any mm. of it, and I'm not seeing any of it now either. So I'm going to. Do me a favor. If you're in there, if you're in Periscope, Ru Rudy or James, can you just like say hi so I can at least see if it's coming through? Um, because I see that you're both in there, but I do not see um, any anything coming in. So I don't know if Periscope's broke or what. I know, I know uh, somebody else, one of our other friends on Periscope was having uh, a similar issue with that. So, let's see. Yeah, Periscope's pretty much being spiked. Our show's being completely hidden over there on Periscope. It's uh, it's hard to believe we have 6,000 followers over there when, when 30 people are in the room. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing anything. So, I'm just going to, I'm going to log out of Periscope because it's just not letting me see anything. So. All right. If I just, curious, I'm going to pop over and view the broadcast yeah maybe maybe you can there's more people on on youtube than there is seeing no comments i'll on, type on, one in on youtube no on uh oh it's the jews says rudy so i saw that rudy balding head you mean in periscope in periscope yeah uh, i didn't see anything all right well Rudy's drippy head, you mean? No, it looks like Rudy's balding head. Really? Yeah. At least well, that's the name I see. Well, I, this is a character. He's, this is a mocking of Rudy Giuliani. They're they're mocking Ju Rudy Giuliani here. Okay. Apparently. <laughs> oh, okay, so the name is at Rudy's balding head, but okay. the the name put in there is Rudy's drippy head. Yeah. And at least you're a Trump supporter. That's a good thing. <laughs> Is it? Well, beats Better the alternative than, yeah. at the moment. Okay, yeah. whatever. I, I can't see anything, so I'm not going to waste my right. my my time over there on that because it's whatever. For, for whatever reason, it's not working. Um, but uh, All right, well, I'm monitored. I was going to say as best as I can, but reasonably well. <laughs> given my lack of uh, multitasking ability okay so. maybe i'll go back downstairs and finish what i was doing okay 
Yeah. Take a take another nap. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I swear I look like I totally woke up. I kind of did, but. I was thinking about doing that earlier. Yeah. All right. Back to you, Bareface. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, I was going to take a nap earlier, but decided I just needed to try a couple of things because I've been working on this uh, arrangement of Carol of the Bells, uh, an instrumental arrangement of that. And um, and then there's this string part I heard in my head that has tremolo and then portamento. Um, anyway, after that, and so I have this library of orchestral samples and I was looking to see if there was a key switched patch they call it or an instrument that I could quickly switch between uh, tremolo and portamento on the violins and anyway I could I found it but then that just I just had to keep uh, working there composing slash producing slash arranging and uh, I don't know if I'll ever finish this thing. It's just too fun. There's just so many things you can do with Carol of the Bells. Anyway, uh, but Sundays have traditionally been Sundays in the scriptures. And so I wanted to bring something to you in the scriptures. Uh, Stacy Lynn suggested I share what's on my heart. And of course, I could just sit here and tell you about my continuing midlife crisis woes, but... <laughs> That's that's hardly anything to do with the scriptures. So I was thinking about, okay, well, what about, you know, what can I share from the scriptures? And one of the things that came to mind, I started going down this um, path of talking that I was going to share with you the differences between the uh, Byzantine and Alexandrian families of New Testament texts and the controversy that there is between them. And... And that it's it's ridiculous, you know. On we've got on the Byzantine side, we've got the, the King James only crowd, which is not only just um, ignores all of the text, but favors the Byzantine family Textus Receptus. It's and it's you know and its uh, descendants. Um, but not only that, there's a particular translation, this particular English translation that's gone under several revisions, but even so, King James is the only, you know, God-ordained translation of scriptures, and, you know, if you if English isn't your native language, then you're damned to hell, because, you know, it's, it's this translation of scriptures. And then there's, on the just on the other side, on the Alexandrian uh, proponents, uh, there are those that are hardline that way, too. Well, these, these apparently presumably older texts and so they're better and you know all that other stuff is just uh you know uh medieval times hocus pocus and you know this is the family of texts and and that brought me back to the middle ground of the the two extremes which is presented in the preface of the the scriptures by the institute of scripture research their translation the scriptures the latest revision being 2009, TS 2009, uh, and, um, and, um, oh, come on, Stacia's still here, um, regular listener, viewer, 
Um, yes, I am still here. Aren't you lucky? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I wonder if people would be more interested in hearing about your midlife crisis. Hold on. Hold on. As, okay. as opposed to this. This is not... <laughs> This is not, I'm, this is a preface to where I'm going, the title, Why So Jewish? This is so. a preface to your midlife crisis. No. This you're is... pretending you're Jewish with that beard of yours. No. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, the, the, the regular listening we had turned me on to the scriptures, the, the TS, the scriptures translation from Institute of Scripture Research. Um, Thank you for putting me back on. You're welcome. Um <sighs> I'm just drawing a blank on his name right now. Say that one more time. The the regular viewer listener that turned me on to the scriptures translation. Oh, Tony. Tony. Tr fun guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anthony. Anthony. Right. Yeah. Anyway. It's all your fault, Anthony. Tr fun guy. Uh, no, it's good because in the preface to that translation, uh, they make a pretty good case, more of assertion, but a case that. That the New Testament scriptures were probably written in a Semitic language, be that Hebrew or Aramaic, and that would explain the differences there are between the families of texts because they're translations of yeah. uh, of a Semitic language. And anyway, but in there they they don't come down being you know, hard on either either side of either family texts. Come down the middle and say, hey, you know, there's. We relied primarily upon the Byzantine or Textus Receptus side of things, but with an eye towards the other, uh, when there were differences, and and they say, you know, at the end, the original scriptures, the autograph copies, are probably not in Greek anyway. They're probably in a Semitic language, and again, that explains the differences between the Greek texts. So... When I was originally thinking about going the route of Byzantine versus Alexandrian family of texts, and then how yeah, thank that, you that uh, that uh, how the the translators for the scriptures translation from uh, Institute of Scripture Research came down the middle, not on either hard side. That took me back to well. You know, which and the scriptures translations takes a decidedly Hebrew slash Jewish uh, perspective of the scriptures. I thought maybe this is um, maybe we should just start there because on this channel, uh, on this channel, this broadcast, whatever, um, you know, we've REL Ministries was our sponsor for three years. Uh, Huh? The discount code? Yeah, still works. Oh, Bible News, the discount code still works at REL Ministries. You can save what? 10%? 20%. 20%. You I'm can save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News at Ariel.org. I tried okay. it out recently. It still works. Yeah, so. So they're not officially sponsoring us, but the coupon code still works. So. Good use thing it I saved this graphic. Huh? Yeah. Came in handy. Okay, back to you, Bearface. All right, well, back to me. So. Anyway, people may wonder, you know, why this, why this emphasis on Jewishness? You know, I was going through uh, one time the Yeshua series, uh, Life of Messiah from a Messianic Jewish perspective, and so that's something that's quote on my heart 
you know, that this isn't just trying to be elitist or somehow, you know, want to be Jews, even though I do have a tiny bit of uh, Jewish ancestry, my blood. I know that from my father's DNA test. Um, it's not about trying to be some sort of, uh, you know, scholarly elitist or anything like that. It's because there's very good reason uh, to emphasize the Jewishness of the scriptures and, in fact, the Christian faith. And so, tonight, <laughs> that's what I'm going to talk to you about because it is important to me. It is in my heart. And so, what I'm presenting tonight is an answer, a defense of this, why so Jewish? And we're about to look in the scriptures, and and so, normally I'd pray, but my wife already prayed. And so, I appreciate that, and may God bless the reading of his word. All right, so, I'm going to change my uh, transition here. Smooth is good. So, why so Jewish? And then I've got to find, uh, all right. Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, and this is the King James translation, just because it might be familiar to many of you. Uh, this is, what advantage then hath a Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Um, Paul, Shaul, writing here, a, a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, um, 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 you know, this is, you know, considering the law of Pharisee, uh, anyway, uh, he, he writes at the beginning of Romans that really Gen Jews and Gentiles, Jews and non-Jews, are without, you know, with or without the law, um, because both are guilty of not following God's law, breaking God's law. Uh, you know, he raises the question: Well, what advantage then is you know Jewishness or has has a Jew? Or, and he says, well, much in every way, and chiefly because because unto them were committed the oracles of God. As the word of God came, and my mind's going off to um, uh, the word of God um, as something separate, the same as God and something separate from God, and all those, uh, and that section uh, that's uh, so well illustrated in uh, issue A Life of Messiah from a Messianic Jewish perspective. Um, anyway, the, the, the oracles of God, the revelations of God were given to Jewish authors. It was, it was Jews who received and, and, um, you know, scribed the revelation of God. That includes the New Testament. And you're thinking, well, what about, what about Luke? He was a Gentile, and that's that's a tradition. There's no evidence that Luke was a Gentile. As a matter of fact, there's evidence that Luke was Jewish, because in the book of Acts, he gives firsthand, he gives eyewitness reports of something going on in the temple. And um, 
as a companion of Paul, he wouldn't have been allowed into the temple as a Gentile. Um, in fact, uh, elsewhere in the book of Acts, we see Paul being accused and attacked for bringing a Gentile into the temple uh, compound when that was not the case, just because they saw him with the Greek elsewhere. They, uh, his detractors, his, his enemies assumed that he had brought that Gentile into the temple and he did not and because paul was a good observant jew uh you know formerly a formal formerly a pharisee and formally too um but not after um coming to faith in messiah but so being a companion of Paul and Luke recording an eyewitness account of something that happened in the temple, that suggests to me that Luke was Jewish. And so I, I contend that the entire canon of Scripture from Bereshit, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, was written uh, by Jewish authors. And one of the, well, the main thing... Uh, in the scriptures is the presentation of Messiah and of the new covenant and I should have included uh, Luke chapter 27 is it where where Messiah upbraids the two men on the road to Emmaus saying that they were slow to believe and they ought to have known the scriptures and he revealed to them beginning at Moses and then in the prophets and all the writings revealed to him the things you know concerning him um, and uh, you students of the scriptures know when I brought this up before that when when Messiah said um, beginning when it says beginning at Moses that would be Torah that would be the Pentateuch the five first five books of the law and the prophets, and then and all the writings, those are the divisions of the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh. Tanakh is, a, uh, Tanakh is an acronym for, for Torah, uh, Ketuvim, and Nevi'im, uh, or the other way, Nevi, Torah, Nevi'im, Ketuvim. The, the law, uh, the um, Nevi'im, the prophets, Ketuvim, the, the writings. So the the law, the prophets, and the writings is is the way the Hebrew Bible is divided up, uh, beginning with Bereshit or Genesis and ending with the Book of the Chronicles. Um, so when Messiah said, you know, it says of Messiah, beginning at Moses and in the prophets and all the writings, he explained the things concerning himself that Messiah is in all throughout all the Hebrew Bible throughout the Tanakh the Old Testament and just to pick out one verse of hundreds dealing with that is in Yeremiahu or Jeremiah chapter 31 where the new covenant primarily is revealed uh, behold the days come saith the Lord that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And skipping down to verse uh, 30, 34, I put 33, 31, 33. Anyway, I will put 
my law into their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them saith the Lord for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more so there's at the time of Jeremiah, Yeremiahu, writing, there was this future covenant, a new covenant that the Lord would make, in which it wasn't dependent upon, wasn't dependent upon any part of man to do, whereas there were other co covenants. God says, if you do this, you know, I'll do this, etc., uh, this one is a unilateral covenant just between God and God's performing it. Uh, it says, you know, I forgive their iniquity and remember their sins no more. Um, this new covenant being introduced, then future, what I wanted, one of the things I want to emphasize is that with whom is the covenant made? Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Uh, speaking of the two parts of the divided kingdom, the twelve tribes of Israel, which were at that time had long since divided into um, uh, two kingdoms. Um, Israel, the northern ten tribes, and Judah... Uh, being the tribe of Judah and also the tribe of Benjamin uh, in the south. But the the covenant there being announced is uh, with the house of Israel. Um, and uh, the house of Judah. It's not it's not a covenant that God said he would make with Americans or you know or Europeans or anything like that it's with the house of Judah and with the house of um, Israel so when we get to the book uh, the, the the new you know the writings of the early church which we call the New Testament because it, the, the focus of these writings is that New Testament, that New Covenant uh, recorded there in Jeremiah chapter 31. In fact, in Luke chapter 22, one place of, of, of a number, um, we see in that Passover, Passover Seder, that Passover uh, observance, which... Messiah was officiating. He said, likewise, also the cup after supper, saying this is what Messiah, Jesus, if you will, had said. He says, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Uh, not a New Testament or a new covenant, but the New Testament. And yes, the definite article is there in the, in the Greek text. Um, whom was he talking to? It was a room full of Jewish men. And so when he said the New Testament, they certainly would have understood what he was referring to. Uh, that New Testament, that New Covenant, 
laid out in Jeremiah chapter 31. So, again, we've got this new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, the Jews, basically. And come the book of the New Testament, we have the Messiah, the, the emissary, the person of the, the officiator, the uh, initiator and embodiment of that new covenant, speaking to Jews, saying this cup is a new covenant of my blood. So, so far so Jewish. The scriptures are given to Jews. Um, the covenant, the, the focus of both books, Old Testament, New Testament, the focus of those being the Messiah and the New Covenant, that's a, that's a Jewish Messiah uh, initiating, establishing a covenant with Jews. So, so far, so Jewish. So, where do Gentiles come in? Well, it's spelled out pretty well in Romans chapter 11, looking at verses 11 and 18. You can go read through the whole chapter, read through the book for that matter, but just picking out these two verses to encapsulate this idea. Paul writing to Romans, he says, I say then, have they stumbled, speaking the Jews, that they should fall? Uh, God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles, the non-Jews, for to, for to provoke them, the Jews, to jealousy. Both, and then later on, and he says, okay, you were grafted in, um, grafted into the covenants and the promises uh, that are for the Jews. He says, Therefore boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. That is hey Gentiles, because of what Messiah has done, because of what Jesus has done, and we'll get to his name in a moment, um uh, and because he was initially rejected by his own people, he came to his own, his own received him not, uh, John chapter 1, uh, that Gentiles have been brought in, salvation has been extended, which is of the Jews, as Jesus said, John chapter 4, salvations of the Jews, talking to the Samaritan woman, um, that salvation, that covenant with the Jews has been extended to Gentiles. And he says, don't, <laughs> um, don't get cocky about that. Hey, you know, we've got something to be celebrated uh, that salvation has come to the nations, the Gentiles, but don't, don't boast about that. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, quote, the church, it's not the body of Gentiles that gives a place for Jews. It's the other way, way around. It's, it's, the, it's the body of, it's the body of Scripture. It's the covenants. It's the promises. It's the Jewish Messiah which Gentiles have brought into uh, and blessed by to benefit from it's not the as the 
the body of Christ is not a Gentile thing. Yes, it's made up of people of all tribes, all tongues, and nations, but it's not a, it's not a Gentile institution. Matter of fact, it's a Jewish institution into which um, Gentiles have been brought into. And and for those who may look at the New Testament and say, well, this is a this is a Gentile book, it's a Goy book, um, uh, this idea that somehow Gentiles, the nations, would be um, um, a party to the covenants with Israel, uh, the covenants with Jews would be benefactors of Jewish covenants, you know, that's, that's some Gentile invention, and that's some first century invention. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I could point to many, many scriptures throughout the Old Testament speaking of the Messiah and his coming, and I'm, just for sp sake of time, I'm going to share two, and these are just from Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah is, is just peppered with uh, messianic scriptures and the relationship of messiah uh, to the gentiles but isaiah 42 verses 1 and verses 6 behold my servant whom i uphold my elect one and whom my soul delights if it's not speaking to messiah i don't know who it's speaking of i have put my spirit upon him he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles, justice, that is uh, setting them right and setting them in right relationship with God. Uh, verse 6, I the Lord have called you, speaking of Messiah, in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people as a light to the Gentiles. And this is, and this is, like I say, these are just two of dozens of scriptures regarding Messiah, these messianic passages, and his relationship um, to Gentiles, non-Jews, and, and reconciling them to uh, God himself and making them benefactors of uh, the New Covenant, the New Testament, which we read about in Jeremiah uh, chapter 31. So, now, Jesus. Um, I'm a little more comfortable saying Yeshua. Maybe I should say Yehoshua after reading uh, <laughs> the preface to the Scriptures translation from the Institute of Scripture Research. But, you know, it, I think it's respectful to call someone by the name. Now, suppose I was, I went and I lived in some other culture for a while. Uh, either I went to a country or maybe here in the United States, there's some little enclave of, you know, um, Chinatown or whatever, you know, uh, where, where English is not the primary language. And perhaps the the language doesn't even use the Latin alphabet, which English does. Well, it's the English alphabet it uses Latin letters. Okay, 
yes, English speakers, even the letters you use are borrowed. They're they're not the the runes of old English with the with the with the spread of the Holy Roman Empire and the Roman Catholic Church, whatever Latin English words, um, Germanic words, um, were respelled with Latin letters, and eventually we got to um, the English language that we now speak, and what we know is the English alphabet is really um, Latin letters. Anyway, so suppose <laughs> I I was hanging out in a culture where English was not the primary language, and they use some even they use some alphabet other than the English alphabet and Latin letters. Um, and so they took my name Randall and you know and tried to you know. They just didn't have a way to spell it or not really to pronounce it really. It wasn't part of their language. And so, uh, you know, when they wrote out my name and read it, it came out like something like, um, uh, um, I don't know, Cheval or, <laughs> or, uh, um, Shuren or something like that, you know, it's like, okay, whatever, I can hang with that. You know, it's just, it's just a restriction of the language. But if someone there in that culture took some time and, and, oh, you know, learn to, learn to say my name, Randall, and started calling me that, I mean, I would feel respected. I mean, because, you know, Shuren is not my, really my name. It's maybe that's the best I could do, you know, but Randall, I'd feel respected. And when I, and like when I learn how to pronounce people's names that are spelled unusually or whatever, I do my best. I think it's respectful to call them by their given name. And, um, uh, fortunately I don't have to use last names a whole lot. Um, you know, I think, uh, in my early twenties and the, congregation belonged to there's a woman there from cameroon uh, veronica she had a nice uh typical you know british kind of first name veronica but her last name spelled with latin letters n-k-u-o um she tried to teach me how to pronounce it you know in the native tongue something like whoa 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 i anyway i couldn't get the i never could kite get the consonants right at the beginning but I wanted to respect that it's just not a uh, sound in my native tongue anyway so you'll hear me say things like Beshua uh, primarily and it's like again this isn't some sort of um, some sort of intellectual elitism or trying to be all scholarly or anything it's just I've learned how to correctly pronounce somebody's name, and I think it's just respectful. And so, you know, where did we get this, you know, Jesus, Jesus? Uh, look at the name of Messiah. At the top there I have in, they're actually Aramaic letters, but it's the Hebrew language spelled with Aramaic alphabet, and we talked about that. Was it last week or week before? I don't know. I was talking about Samaritans and Jews and 
anyway, how the Jews um, post uh, post Babylonian exile um, started using the Aramaic alphabet rather than the original old Hebrew alphabet because of the corruption of the scriptures by the Samaritans. Anyway, so the top one, top word there, uh, name, uh, Yeshua, and I'm going to, can I, I want to make sure I can show my cursor here. Up there, yeah, you can see it. All right. Um, this Okay, uh, this first letter here, whoops, I didn't mean to, ah, ah, shoot, hold on, hold on here, let me recover, I messed that up. And, um... Uh, not cursor, should use the pointer. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Alright, let's do it this way. Stand by, people. Um. <laughs> Alright. Okay, and I messed that up again because I got the wrong slide up. Hold on. All right, here we go. Boy. All right, got my pointer on here, screen. All right. Uh, so this first letter here, Yud, as you might guess, is the Y sound, kind of like English Y, yeah, like you or yellow or young. Uh, next letter here, this one here, is hey, um, an H sound, um, and, and this next one, you can call it Vav or Wa, depending on if you're, uh, um, Sephardic or Ashkenazi, but, um, it's it's a placeholder for a vowel. In this case, we had the the nikud for this that it would say that it's the the o sound long o ho, and then we've got the next letter shin, as you might guess, an sh sound, and then we've got ayin, um, which is a uh, um kind of like a vowel holder once again depending on the context of the word what the word is or if it had vowel markings nikdot um, it would indicate the vowel but so it's yehoshu yehoshua so yehoshua uh, which means uh, yah or yahweh um, if you're going to pronounce the name of god that God is salvation. That's why we read in the, the New Testament, I think specifically the book of Luke, you know, you shall call his name Yeshua, Yehoshua, because he shall save his people from their sins. Uh, God is salvation, Yehoshua. It's the same 
same name as Joshua, at least in the Old Testament, Yehoshua. And the and of course spelled out here Yehoshua. That's an English transliteration. I'm taking the Hebrew name Yehoshua and and putting it in Latin letters Yehoshua. All right. The shortened version of Yehoshua is Yeshua. Same thing. And instead of Yaho Yaho, it's just shortened just a Yah Yeshua. Um. So, the name of Messiah, long form, Yehoshua, or for short, Yeshua. All right, now come to the Greek text. Uh, the idea was to preserve the name of uh, Yeshua. And so, uh, in the Greek alphabet, there is no... There is no Y. There's no Y sound. And there's no letter. There's not a consonant in Greek for that. Uh, so the best they could do for Y is Iota, E, and um, and the, and the uh, Epsilon, Ye, Ye. It kind of sounds like Y, Ye, Ye. And then the sh sound. Well, again, there is no, there's nothing in the Greek language, Koine Greek anyway. There isn't a, there isn't a consonant or combination of consonants to make the sh sound. So the best they could do is the sigma, or just the s sound. So we got yes. Now yeshu. Um, fortunately, there is a, a diphthong, a combination of vowels in, in Greek to get an oo sound, and that's with omicron, upsilon, that diphthong, that combination. So we've got yesu, which is, and then the ah, the yeshua, they didn't put that, um, because, um, that would require a feminine ending in Greek, and it doesn't work for... Uh, the the name of a man, and so it was Yesu, or in the grammar sometimes, uh, recall calls for that um, that final sigma, that final s sound, even though it's not meant to be as part of the name. Is just, and we're not going to get into Greek grammar and parsing sentences, but the grammar, just the structure of the sentence sometimes requires that. And as you look at the Greek um, text of the New Testament, sometimes the name will be rendered Yesu or Yesus. All right. So, and that's, that's an attempt to transliterate, to put into Greek letters the Hebrew sounds, Yeshu, where we're actually Yeshu, uh, Yeshua. And it comes out Yesu or Yesus. Um, the best they could do with Greek letters. Now, as the spread of the, you know, the Holy Roman Empire and Latin being the primary language, overtaking the Koine Greek being the common language, um, the the Latin people uh, attempted, <clears throat> well, they transliterated uh, the Greek. They took the Greek sounds, Iesu and Iesus, and put them into Latin letters. 
and uh, pretty much one for one. EA uh, Sigma only, ooh, they didn't need two vowels to make the, you know, a diphthong of the ooh sound. There's one letter, the what we call U uh, in English. Uh, makes that sound. So, Yesu, Yesus. And fast forward a few centuries when when the Latin alphabet, uh, you know, infiltrates the north of Europe and, and the British Isles and all that. Um, there's uh, confusion between an I and a J. There wasn't a J in the early Latin, so... Anyway, hundreds of years later, it gets down to us as with a J and E, S, U, S, just like this Latin one here. Uh, whoops, didn't mean to go back or forward. Anyway, that's so we end up with this um, Jesus. Um, and that's uh, just, <laughs> as you see, the, the progression of that. So finding out the name is really Yehoshua, or Yeshua for short, I mean, I prefer, it just seems respectful to me to, to use the name as is, and I'm trying to do that as I learn the names of, of the Old Testament prophets and people um, instead of the anglicized form that they've come down to us in. You know, Yeshiahu instead of Isaiah, and that was a similar process from Hebrew to Greek to Latin to English. Anyway, um, not translations, but transliterations. You know, the, the intent was there always to preserve the name, but the limitations of the alphabet that they were using, um, um, you know, got us to where we were. All right, so it's 8 to 1 p.m. So just to wrap this up, um, you know, why so Jewish? You know, because the scriptures are Jewish. The Messiah is Jewish. The covenant, especially the new covenant, is a Jewish covenant extended to Gentiles. And the whole idea of, of God who created heaven and the earth taking... Uh, and the Word of God uh, taking on flesh, human flesh, dwelling among us, living a life uh, that humans could not live, dying the death that humans deserve, uh, that, that humans might inherit eternal life and the reputation of God being justified, set right in God's sight, set in good standing with Him, and given hope of eternal life. Uh, through the resurrection of the Messiah, that's all a Jewish thing. It's not a Gentile thing. It's, you know, as as Yeshua, Yehoshua, Jesus, going going back again to Luke chapter 27, explained to those uh, folks, in, beginning with Moses and the prophets and all the writings and things concerning himself, the, it's, it's a Jewish thing the scriptures and the Messiah and the new covenant and the promises of bringing the Gentiles. It's all there um, in a, in a Jewish context. And so what does that mean? Should I wear a yarmulke and, uh, you know, carry on my prayer book and, you know, have, you know, my prayer show, all of that and, 
and uh, put the phylacteries on my wrists, on my forehead and stuff. Those are traditions, and I know they're Jews can say, oh, how dare you, it says in there, you should bind the scriptures on your forehead and around your wrists. And uh, Yeah, but it doesn't say in a leather box with long straps and uh, etc. Um, those things are traditions, and, and so... When I say that the scriptures are Jewish, the Messiah is Jewish, the covenant is Jewish, it doesn't mean I'm advocating for adopting Jewish traditions. Why? Because the scriptures tell me a Jew, uh, Shaul, Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, says, therefore, remember that you, once nations in the flesh, or going, Gentiles, and this is the scripture's translation, by the way, who are called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. I'm going to take my pointer off of there. Um... Okay, therefore remember that you, once nations of flesh, who were called the circumcision by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Messiah, excluded from the citizenship of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no expectation and without Elohim in the world. But now in Messiah Yehoshua, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of the Messiah, for he is our peace who has made both one, and having broken down the partition, the partition of the barrier, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the Torah of the commands and dogma, so as to create in himself one renewed man from the two, thus making peace, and to completely restore to favor both of them, Jews and Gentiles, unto Elohim in one body through the stake, that means the cross, well, stake, is this Jehovah's Witnesses? No, the, 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 um, the word in the Greek is starus, which means a, a stake or a pole, and so there, Jesus right there, Jehovah's Witnesses right, he was, he was, he was, Messiah was executed on a pole, on a stake, not on a cross. No, because it says he took a star roost to a star roost. He took one stake to another. And the one stake that he carried through the streets, partly, uh, was given to Simon the Cyrenian. Anyway to carry, that was taken to the place where that was hung on another stake, forming a cross. Anyway, I digress. So completely restore to favor both of them unto Elohim in one body through the stake, having destroyed the enmity by it, and having come, Messiah has come, he brought as good news peace to you who were far off, Gentiles and peace to those near, Jews, because through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. So, I'm not advocating that Gentiles become Jews, 
neither am I advocating that Jews become Gentiles and throw off uh, uh, tradition and, uh, you know, Jewish identity. Uh, because Messiah has made one new man from the two, um, brought both together uh, in one body. We both have access to the Father by one spirit. So it's, it's all about him. And, and we need to make much of Yeshua. Okay. <laughs> Sit with your brother. All right. So, why so Jewish? Again, because the the scriptures are Jewish, the covenant is Jewish, the covenant of the Jewish Messiah, uh, those promises in the Commonwealth of Israel uh, that are opened up to made possible those who are far off Gentiles, and I'm a mixture, I'm mostly Gentile with a little Jewish blood. Um. Um brought uh, into into the commonwealth of Israel, made a benefactor of the Jewish covenants made possible through the Jewish Messiah. Um, that's, that's why so Jewish. I hope that was helpful to some uh, way, shape, or form. I keep looking away because I'm looking to see what's going on in comments. Um... <laughs> Yeah, there's some, there's some instigators on Periscope, whatever. Um, they are what they are. But it is my prayer, Jew or Gentile, that you would get to know the Jewish Messiah who came to fulfill Jewish covenants, and also to bring Gentiles into one body uh, with Jews uh, to know the creator of heaven and earth and spend eternity with him. Um, as the apostle Yohanan wrote in his first epistle, John um, he says, this is the testimony, like this is the, the, the eyewitness that God has given us, past tense, God has given us eternal life, done deal, he's given it, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life, he, do, who, he who does not have the son does not have life. These things I have written to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Writing to those who have put their faith in Messiah, those who have received uh, the Son of God. And that's a whole other discussion. Why the Son of God? Because it's the, um, he is the only begotten of God. He's the... Um, human person without an earthly father um and that's important that's a whole nother discussion not necessary for believing in him and receiving him um but just yeah mind-blowing stuff my prayer is that you get to know 
the Messiah, the Lord, Jesus, Yeshua, Yehoshua, uh, by whatever name you call upon him, that you call upon him. Um, as many as believed him, as many as received him, believed in his name, to them he gave the right, the authority, that privilege to become children of God. Uh, we're not children of God by uh, just by virtue of being human beings. We're creations of God. Um, but being a child of God is not the will of the flesh nor the will of man, uh, but it's by the Spirit of God. And uh, may you be sensitive to his Spirit and surrender your life to him. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Uh, be gracious unto you. Give you peace. And Lord willing, uh, we'll be back here uh, on Friday. Uh, with uh, another episode of, well, this program, but I don't know uh, <laughs> what your sweet and lovable host, not me, the boss, my boss, <laughs> Stacey Lynn. I don't know what she's got uh, stored, stored. I don't know if there's a guest scheduled or not. Anyway, but until then, good night. God bless. Goodbye.